So to begin with, uh, again, a little bit of mapping, referencing again, uh, Buddha's language, Nabharupa Vijnana, that's uh, name form consciousness, words that we get some idea about but probably don't really uh, penetrate. But to add some more to it, um, dependent arising, avicca pacheya sankara sankara pacheya vijnana vijnana pacheya namarupa namarupa pacheya salayatana goes on, but end result, suffering. <laughs> uh, beginning, avicca, ignorance. A lot of stuff in between. Uh, and saying with this, uh, with the, when there is ignorance present, not seeing or not knowing, lack of realization, not being in touch with, handling it wrongly, uh, attention disorder, <laughs> how you want to put it, this is not a sort of like a lack of intelligence, just something skewed, something not really right. When that is present, these conditioning forces, sankara, activations, programs, rise up and start uh, conditioning consciousness uh, consciousness, conditioned consciousness mm. um, and that's there when there is consciousness conditioned consciousness there's always something to be conscious of form there's some kind of perception, feeling, occurs with that. There's some kind of framing up of attention that occurs within the field, within any sense field, visual, some kind of picking out an object. That's called attention. There's some kind of inclination, interest, aversion, shifting. That's called Intention, jikana, as contact. It's happening to me. And uh, within that, this is nama. With that comes the experience. I mean, I'm inside all this. I'm in this. I'm in this visual world. Sights are happening to me, coming into me, sounds, touches, fragrances, entering me, thoughts surrounding me, flooding me, uh, sort of throwing me around. The arising of I am within all this. And such a unquestioned basis that from that I am within this the I am within this attempts to make some kind of reasonable home out of all this some abiding place out of all this some sort of steady calm manageable 
comfortable, nourishing, whatever, out of all this. And it takes work. Uh, and it uh, doesn't really work. It's like ironing the waves of the sea. It's like sweeping the sand on the beach. It's like mopping the floor that you're standing on. There's always the bit doesn't quite get tidied, right, settled. And there's a lot of activity, busyness going on. I get very busy. So I'm exhausted. And I feel despondent. And I get a great idea. Like, yeah, I'll do it this way. <laughs> and this goes on. Um, so the dumber question is, who's in all this? Who is it? The activities can be courageous, noble, virtuous, or manipulative, corrupt, domineering, feeble. You know, it could be anything. Mm. But put that aside for a moment, and who's in this? Don't know. Ignorance, don't know, is in all this. Uh, I, maybe. So we contemplate the misfit. Well, there's an awareness of this misfit as not being uh, socially inconvenient and personally awkward. From a Dharma's point of view, it's uh, a learning place. It can be very frustrating, personally, and feeling you're a failure, and you can't make it, and think people don't like you, and it doesn't work, and wrong place, situation, not right, do this, do that, can't get what I want. Yeah, I try so hard, and I've got to keep doing everything, and make everything work, and fine, and I'm really appreciated, and perhaps I'm getting it wrong, but I don't be a control freak. So it's hard to be responsible, but I don't want to be a control freak. I don't want to be domineering, but I don't want to be pathetic either. I don't want to be just a dish rag, blindly following orders. But I don't want to be some you know, pathetic, pouting rebel all the time. Yeah. <laughs> if I could learn all the rules, all the get all the codes, learn all the rules, I would fit. And maybe... Try very hard, get all the rules in. She doesn't fit. How come she's getting away with it? <laughs> we don't want that kind here. Yeah. So still, somebody's going to get up my nose. Somebody's going to wrinkle. Somebody's going to agitate and ring up Dukkha. <laughs> we get down to just that realization I don't fit, or something doesn't fit. And then maybe that just could be rested in what is that? awareness? the 
intelligent, sensing, sensitive. Maybe we link from there. Or let it lead from there. Feels in tune. Stability, calming, that feels right. It's taking, steadying in that. Gladdening. In that. Opening within that. Relinquishing the agitation, the pressures, the boundaries, the clamour within that. Practice. Feel it, feel your way. As it said, uh, you know, the dependent ceasing of this mass of suffering. Cease of Iraga, relinquishment of uh, dispassion with no uh, hanging on. Passion. Now, we don't see, we don't really see ignorance, we don't really see passion, we don't think we're necessarily blazing with passion, and we don't really perhaps like or understand the idea of dispassion, it sounds a bit cold and damp to me. But you know, this isn't about seeing things, it's about feeling something. That's where you enter, the chitta feels things. It feels the raga, this compulsive, addictive surge, rips through it, throws it out. And it feels dispassion, cooling, allows it to consolidate, settle in itself. And that feels good. There's a happiness there. The happiness of the Buddha. Such that cultivated the rapture and pleasure of that suffuses, saturates the entire body becomes a basis for deliverance
standing on this and said one can bring around the destruction of these outflows, these asavas, these compulsive trends standing on this standing on perception, standing on feeling, standing on formation, standing on form, standing on consciousness no standing on that setup no standing on disengagement on dispassion ending suffering taking a stand always standing on consciousness means we accept the message of that's out there, I'm in here as the norm the basis, the actual truth. Wait a minute, check it out. These are very foundation structural teachings, the structure of experience. Feed it out. Now, the sound can sound kind of abstract and metaphysical. But then we meditate. And meditate is uh, a very earthy, embodied experience. Walking up and down, four postures of the body. There's nothing metaphysical about that. Very earthy. Breathing in and out. Nothing abstract about that. The most constantly intimate experience that we, we have as a constant. Never going to go away until it's all over. Mm. So how is this relevant? Because when we uh, you just recognize what you do you meditate on body, on breathing, on walking, you use attention. You use intention. Uh, and those are factors of Nama. So you begin to tweak, change this operation from self-bound, I do this, I feel I want this, I go here, you know, habitual things we attend to, and even habitual ways in which we attend. Attention is a sankara, it's conditioned, what we attend to, how we attend, are formative of who we experience ourselves or how we feel ourselves as being. Very simply speaking, you can notice yourself if you have very wide attention, things tend to calm down, spacious, but it can get kind of fuzzy. Narrow attention, things sharpen up, very clear, you can get very tense. 
tight, obsessive. You know, you know that thing, pedantic. So busy crossing the T's and dotting the I's, you can't read the words anymore. Or you just go into spacious where you, you can't even see the words on the page anymore. It's just a blur. And we may shift, you know, get some comfortable. I get very spacious, and <laughs> not my issue. <laughs> And I get obsessively engrossed in a particular detail. Person's behaviour, this, that, the other. Just, you know, who's doing this? Intention is doing this. Some kind of uh, directive, seeded, not necessarily wished for, but almost grown in there. Sankara, conditioned. And when you look at human life, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? We're conditioned to be focused on points. And getting it right. And adding it up. And making conclusions as quickly as possible. We are literate, dealing with symbols and concepts. You look at a word and you rush to the end of it. I was going along the page, adding it all up. Conclusion, thought. Point, 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 point. You don't just contemplate the beauty of a page. You get in there and scurrying along, interpreting. Nothing wrong with it, but that's a powerful condition. That conditions your attention. And your intentions move along, get to the end, find the result. Good. Next thing. Sort it out, interpret it. And you'll get the answer, which is again conceptual. Two and two equals four. It's conceptual, abstract. And that gives us a feeling of, yep, that's right. What does it feel like? Nothing. The reality is uh, felt. We can we can certainly wrap some ideas around it and move it around, but primarily the primary experience of contact is felt, touched. Then the signals rise. What am I going to do about it? So this profoundly affects, and we, uh, this act of meditative attention, and meditative attention, mindfulness, there's a training in that. And uh, why we are... Uh, very traditionally, absolutely straight down the centre, mindful of naturally occurring phenomena. Mm. Bodies, mm. nature, dhamma, movement of thought rather than the detail of thought. 
see in abstractions we are aware of them as their arising and passing, that's their nature. We're aware of natural phenomena because they massage our attention. Hold it too tight. Doesn't you know doesn't work, you get tense. Don't hold it tight enough, too loose, flies away like the bird. So when you're with something that's so move, moving, like breathing or walking, your mindfulness, you have to be mindful of the changing, flowing qualities. And that means your attention is supple, receptive, interested to be with that. In this way it uh, shakes off these hindering qualities. And if if that mindfulness is fully followed through and deeply um, immersed you don't have to create an identity out of it it's just walking along you don't need to be good at it or bad at it because that's that's beside the point, that's abstract feeling Flows of sensations, energies, wavering of the mind, mindful of that. Doesn't have to break off into a separate person, a unifying experience. Rather than being in it or trying to be in some other place. You know? some other loka to be in. We're in this one, or within this one, we're establishing sati. The two qualities that sati, well, several qualities that sati exhibits. One is, uh, it kind of forms a, a boundary, like all attention does. Attention forms a boundary. This boundary is just against what's not relevant. What's not relevant right now, even outside, and that being me, it may be an ongoing topic. What is relevant now? But you, okay, breathing in and out, walking up and down, and then within that, you're also receptive. So the outer, you know, it's almost like a ring you place around like a ring you place around an experience, the outer edge of it is firm, no, the inner edge of it, receptive, exploring, receiving. And uh, it bears in mind, it sustains, that which can, as it says, one is mindful, one can remember things, teachings, assumes said and done long ago you can retain 
sustain. Sustaining quality. Because it does provide an orientation. Whereas the I am is always disoriented. It's always trying to find itself, make things work, set things up around it. Mindfulness in a way replaces, gradually replace the I am sense. Because there's no drive to make something happen. Or stop things happening. Or become anything. There's purity. Disengaging from these programs, these self-programs. Now you're learning, we learn, so we learn from the body, we learn from breathing, we learn from walking, we learn from these fluid natural systems. And of course, all of us got a very clear idea of what a body is, we see them every day, that's that thing. We probably have a notion of breathing, is sort of your nose down to your lungs now again. There's that. Well, that's an idea. Did you ask the body what it experiences? It doesn't experience that at all. The body in the body experiences things like solidity, pressure, warmth, movements, flows, energies, resonances, shimmerings, all this stuff, elemental properties. So, you know, really getting your attention in touch with the reality of the body. And how do you handle that? How is that handled? Handling in a way that allows it to flow completely, harmoniously, and settle down. So we're not pushing it, we're not cramping it, you know, sort of step back in a way, disengaged, so it can take its own form. Now when you're practicing, you know, you want to be aware also of the boundaries you, we sense around the body, um, because this area of our experience, again, it's a, it's a, it's a fundamental assumption, you know, I am in this, the world around me, I'm in this bag of skin, we're in this psychological predicament, this kind of person, and there's other things around me. Where's the boundary between me and it, between my body and the space? Can you feel it? Can you relax it? 
Can you breathe through it? How much boundary do you need when you sit still? How much boundary do you need when you walk up and down a path? On your own? Nothing's going to bother you? How much boundary do you need? Perhaps it's a time when those boundaries could be acknowledged and Hmm. Don't need that because if that stays, that's going to cramp your attention. Also, it's going to have a conditioning effect. You become the meditator in here, dealing with her or his stuff. And that is that is an opposition that's going to give you give rise to calm or release that is the condition we want to be released from so if you notice where the boundaries are experienced the physical Somatic energies are slightly held in or ragged, of course, psychological. Mm. And uh, what's needed in terms of calming, soothing, safety, goodwill. Spaciousness. Yeah. These are not unusual words, are they? Not technical jargon. And bear in mind that, uh, you know, we're all living apparently within some confined state, particularly in this COVID thing. You know, stuck in a room, stuck in a house, stuck in a monastery, day in, day out. But, uh, the spaciousness which is dependent upon circumstance but which is always going to be limited and there's a spaciousness that is intimate that doesn't have to be confined this is a matter of uh, releasing Dispassionately releasing these places, compulsive places, we get very passionate around our boundaries. Right? My time, my space, my territory, my position. And you get very, you know, prickly and intense about all that. You know, feeling what other people think of me, judged, excluded. 
very a lot of intensity occurs around that. And uh, yeah. And it may very well be the case that one is judged and <laughs> but you don't if that's because you don't have to live and be conditioned by that. This spaciousness is intimate, possible, unconditioned. And it's through the mindfulness, this passion, goodwill, this kind of collecting together these qualities, how we attend, we're not goal-oriented, we're not rushing to the end of the sentence, we're not narrow, we're not irresponsible, how we're intending make something happen but just to bear with and keep noticing the places where things tighten up or loosen up and then but there's walking you can walk through those places where you feel yourself tightening up you can breathe through those places where you feel yourself shaky you can stand firm up within those places where you feel yourself flooded. You know? And this is how we use the body to support the mind, chitta, to, to change the conditioning of the chitta, to shift the chitta's conditioning to that which is uh, in line with deliverance. And as you said, there is this place of where there's careful placing and sensing, vitaka vichara, placing your attention, sensing what's there. There is the gladdened state, vitisukha. There is disengagement. Standing upon this, one can bring around the destruction and the taints of the asava. So, time for practice. Sustain through the movement of the body, all of it, keep your attention smoothly sustained, through the movement of the breathing, your attention smoothly sustained through the arising, pausing, inhalation, exhalation, let it flow through, and uh, keep sensitizing to the feel of that. It's a different kind of attention, attention of receptivity rather than domination. Anyone?